Chapter Nineteen of Molly Brown's Senior Days by Nell Speed. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Facing the Enemy. It was a joyous day when Judy returned to college just before mid years, after her long exile in the back room of O'Reilly's. She was made welcome by all her particular friends who killed the potted calf as edith called it in honor of the prodigal's return and judy was well content with herself and all the world a hairdresser in wellington had by some mysterious process restored her hair to very nearly its natural shade thanks to molly chiefly and the others she was well up in her lessons and quite prepared to breast the mid-year wave of examinations with the class never had the three friends at number five been more gloriously radiantly happy than now on the verge of final examinations and then one day in the midst of all this serenity and peace adele windsor dropped in to call on judy at once nance fled from the apartment she could not bear the sight of this sinister young woman molly would have gone too but she remained at an imploring glance from judy and slipped quietly into the next room leaving the door ajar judy knows she can call for help if she needs it she thought rather complacently for she was no longer afraid of that arch mischief maker as for judy she was singularly polite but cold in her manner and molly detected a certain tremendousness in her voice she's scared poor dear thought molly indignantly now i wonder why i haven't seen you for weeks adele began in her sharp assured tone where have you been i heard you had gone home i was away for some time answered judy evasively i hope and trust she thinks i have gone out with nance thought molly in the next room feeling a good deal like a conspirator she'll never come to the point if she knows i'm here and i just like her to show her cards for once it will be glorious chance to get rid of her forever more amen the light of battle came into molly's eyes i feel like a knight pricking o'er the plain to slay a dragon she thought waving an imaginary sword in the air when it's all over i wish i had the nerve to say thou wretched rash intruding fool farewell she gathered that adele had moved more closely to judy for she heard her voice from a new quarter of the room saying is it true that you were dropped there was a moment's pause whatever happened adele it's over now and i am installed again and forgiven i thought you were being rather reckless judy the rope ladder business was bad enough but those ghost walks were really dangerous really you went too far i beg your pardon interrupted judy stiffly 
you are on the wrong track i wasn't the campus ghost now really judy my dearest friend cried adele seizing both of judy's hands and looking into her eyes with an expression of gentle toleration why can't you confide in me after all our good times are you going to give me the cold shoulder i know perfectly well that you were the ghost have i forgotten the night you planned the whole thing out and white was there i dare say she remembers it quite as well as i do of course we thought you were enjoying yourself frightening the life out of people but we wondered both of us how you dared i remember you said how easy it would be to chase girls if they ran and how easy to escape because you were the swiftest runner in college why are you trying to deceive your old partner especially as i happen to know that you had the rope ladder all that time it would have been easy enough oh i'm on to you subtle secretive judy you are a clever little girl but i'm on to you what does she want mothy breathed to herself in the next room but i won't tease you any longer dearest i only wanted to let you know that i'm at the very bottom of the secret i came to talk about other things molly breathed a long sigh here it comes she thought judy straightened up and prepared to hear the worst have the shakespeareans and the ola podricas had their yearly conclave yet about new members so it's that molly almost cried aloud waving her arms over her head we meet on saturday answered judy doggedly you have a good deal of influence in that crowd haven't you i mean you can command a lot of votes no i can't command any answered judy blackmailer thought molly i was thinking went on adele calmly then i would like to become a member of one or both those clubs if i have to make a choice i would prefer the shakespeareans of course can't you fix it up i'm afraid not adele i can't manage it i doubt if i could command any votes for you you are mistaken about my influence oh yes you can now judy think a minute i'm asking you a very simple ordinary favor think of what it means to me and well to you too i might as well tell you right now that i am a good friend but a bad enemy you promised me once to get me into one of those clubs do you remember yes said judy well why this sudden change i expect you to keep your word i am wild to be a member of the shakespeareans here adele changed her manner and her voice took on a soft persuasive tone you won't regret it judy dearest you'll be proud of having me put up i have a real talent for acting i have indeed and i shall be able to get stunning costumes 
Judy twisted and squirmed and shrank away like a bird being gradually hypnotized by a serpent. At least so it seemed to Molly peeping through a crack in the door. I'll tell you it will be impossible, Judy was saying, after a pause, when Adele burst out with, Those are unlucky words, Judy Kane. I'll make you sorry you ever spoke. She stopped short off as Molly appeared in one door and Nance in the other, followed by Otoyo, Margaret, and Jessie, and the Williams sisters. Nance had evidently gone forth and gathered in the clan for Judy's protection. Molly was almost sorry they had come. It had been a good opportunity to say what had been seething in her mind for some time, and, on the whole, she decided she would say it anyhow. With a bold spirit and scornful eye, she marched into the room and stood before the astonished Adele. Miss Windsor, she said, and she hardly recognized her own voice. So deep and vibrant were its tones. Did you ever hear of snaky noodles? Snaky noodles, snaky noodles, snaky noodles. She repeated three times like a magic incantation. Judy must have thought that she had suddenly lost her mind, for she glanced at her with a frightened look, and the other girls with difficulty concealed their smiles. Edith, whose keen perceptions at once informed her that something was up, took a seat by the window where she could command a good view of the entire proceedings. Adele, looking into Molly's honest, stern eyes, shrank a little and started to rise. No, I shan't let you go until I have finished, said Molly. Whenever the spirit moves you to ask a favor of Judy again, just say the word snaky doodles over several times to yourself, and then I think you'll leave Judy alone. Now you may go, and remember that people who tell malicious, wicked stories, who impersonate ghosts, steal luncheons, and get other girls into trouble are not welcome at Wellington. This is not that kind of college. It was, of course, a random shot about the campus ghost, but Molly put it in, feeling fairly certain that none but the darling Adele would have attempted that escapade. Remember, too, she added, as a parting shot, that girls don't get into clubs here by blackmail. Even if Judy had put you up, you wouldn't have had the ghost of a chance. Nobody was more interested than Edith in wondering what the strange Adele would do now. Will she defend herself or will she fly? Edith asked herself. But Adele did the most surprising thing yet. She burst into tears. You have no right to speak to me as you did. She wept into a scented and hand-embroidered handkerchief. Haven't I? said Molly drawing her gently but firmly to the door. Well, go to your room and think about it a while, and see if you don't change your mind. And with that, 
she quietly thrust adele into the hall closed the door and locked it then such a burst of subdued laughter rose within number five as was never heard before molly collapsed on the sofa while the girls gathered round her judy sat on the floor her head resting on molly's shoulder it was as good as a play cried edith i never saw anything finer molly you're certainly full of surprises but what did you mean by snaky noodles wasn't it beautiful then molly explained to them about the snaky noodle box of course the rest was just wild guessing but from the way she took it i'm pretty sure i'm right it was better than jiu-jitsu said otoyu it was i think the jiu-jitsu of language they all laughed at the quaint notion and molly relaxed on the couch like a very tired young warrior after the battle judy you're foolish to be afraid of that girl said margaret sternly i'm not exactly afraid of her answered judy but you see it would have gone particularly hard with me just now to have her go to miss walker with that story about the ghost it was true that one evening in a wicked humor i planned the whole thing with her and that little anne who is just as afraid of her as i suppose i am i don't think miss walker would have given me another chance everything would have been against me the rope ladder and all the things i had said but then you could have proved an alibi said nance you were up here the night the ghost chased molly and me so i could judy exclaimed i was so scared i forgot all about that night there's something about adele that makes you lose your senses she leans over you and looks at you and talks to you in a hot rapid sort of way i just saw myself after all the trouble everybody had taken with me being sent away in disgrace i didn't believe i could prove anything when she began talking i just went under well don't you ever do it again put in nance say snaky noodles the next time she comes at you said edith oh dear that exquisite name she continued leaning back in her chair so as to indulge in a fit of silent laughter i can tell you another interesting bit about this miss windsor here put in pretty jessie do you remember that shabby little woman in black who came down on the same train with molly's mr lufton nonsense broke in molly i remember her said judy adele said she was a dressmaker i believe well she told the truth for once she is a dressmaker but she happens to be adele's mother too her mother they gasped in chorus yes when mamma and i were in new york for the christmas holidays we were recommended to go to a french place called annette's for some clothes there was a french woman named annette 
who came out and showed us things but the head of the establishment was mrs windsor and we saw adele hanging around several times we also saw adele's father very dressy with a flower in his buttonhole and yellow gloves he smiled sweetly at me in the hall the fitter told us secretly that mrs windsor spent everything she made on adele and mr windsor what a shame cried judy and adele throws money around like water no wonder she wears such fine clothes i suppose annette makes all of them thank heavens we're rid of her forever exclaimed molly it's not difficult to find a spot of good in the worst of people there were minerva higgins and judith blunt and francis andrews i never did feel hopeless about them but this adele who doesn't recognize her own mother ah well broke in atoyu she is what we call in japan evil spirit or black spirit she will not remain because there are so many good spirits she will fly away on a broomstick put in edith but minerva higgins there is some greatly big news about her you have not heard no they cried otoyo had become quite a little news body among her friends she will not finish the course she will be married in june to learned gentleman a professor of languages of death you mean dead languages put in molly laughing ah well it is the same that is why minerva looks so gay and blushing said jessie i saw her this morning reading a letter on one of the corridor benches i might have guessed it was a love letter from her expression of supreme joy i wonder if it was written in sanskrit i suppose after they marry they will have latin for breakfast greek for dinner and ancient hebrew for supper observed catherine but the gold medals what of them they will be saved for pallas athene and socrates and alcibiades plato of course said edith who are they why the children goosey and the party broke up with a laugh end of chapter nineteen recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c